you want to dig into some of the challenges that we did over this last year? Do you want to talk about them? I want to talk about some of them. Me too. Only some, some of them. them. I want to pretend didn't happen. But guess what? I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> well done. I feel like something has stuck. Well done. <laughs> Maybe. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. On this episode, we are taking a look at our year of habit challenges and talking about which ones stuck and which ones didn't. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal, and I'm a big believer in the power of habits. Over the last year, I've been doing my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and holding her accountable to habit changes that she's been undertaking one month at a time. And I've been playing along too, and as we took on a new habit each month, we hope that we inspired you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. We are in the 12th month of our podcast, and we are using this month to celebrate with a look back. Then we want to hear from you, and then we want to talk about where we are headed next. This week, we're going to take a look at the challenges from this last year and talk about which habits stuck and which ones just didn't. All right, let's get into it. So in July of last year of 2018, we talked about sort of the basics of habits, and that was Mm -hmm. flossing your teeth, making your bed, and drinking more water. So we started off with those three habits just to kick off the process. And um, we found that some of them were good and maybe some of them weren't so good. (laughs) So flossing was an easy one to tie in with nightly teeth brushing since teeth brushing was something that was already a locked in thing. So how did it go for you, Peg? Uh, I would say that I floss 60% of the time and that's way better than I used to do. And I still go through spurts where I don't do it for a couple of weeks, but then I jump on a streak and I do it for a month or more straight. And Mm -hmm. I have to be honest, it's usually when I know I have a a dentist hygienist cleaning coming up. (laughs) If I look at the calendar and I know it's a month or six weeks out, I get after it. So I want to get like the, you know, the gold star when I go to the dentist. So I, I need to be more consistent and do it every single day, but I am doing it way more than I did before we did this challenge. So I'll take it as a positive. And I find if I don't do it, my teeth, I feel it. It feels gross. Now that I do it all the time. Yeah. So, okay. Then the next one here was bed making. So making your bed, it's a really good way to start your day off. Right. And it gives you a little win to start the day with a success. It's a great feeling. And it's such a good way to just like right away, complete a job, um, and give you that momentum for your day. And it helps keep you from crawling back into bed, which can be awfully tempting if it looks like you could just easily slide right back in. Jeff and I are, I would say, daily bed makers uh, and were before this, but I must admit, I don't do an awesome job. We kind of, it's just more about getting it done. We kind of just pull the blankets up. It's not like hospital corners or any of those situations. We are not doing a nice job, but it's just kind of more pulling the blankets up. Okay. How about you? Um, I never miss this one. I feel like the world is not quite in focus for me until this is done. So I make the bed even if I'm in a hotel. If I take a nap in the afternoon occasionally, I'll make it again after the nap too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this one, there's something about that first habit loop complete at the beginning of the day that makes me feel like, okay, that's done. Move on to the next thing. So there's something powerful about it. Agreed. 
All right, next up was upping our water intake. In order to calculate the amount of water to drink, we use the general rule where you take your body weight in pounds and then divide that number by two. Whatever that number is, try to drink that amount of water in ounces each day. For example, if you weigh 150 pounds, you should aim to drink 75 ounces of water per day. So this one is still an ongoing struggle for me. I probably should drink more water. I already have to pee a lot and drinking more water just makes me have to pee more. So that's one of the reasons why I tend not to lean into this habit. Uh, there is a school of thought that says that if your urine is fairly dilute, then you're probably just fine. And my urine, uh, just FYI, is fairly dilute. So I think I'm okay. Um, I find it helpful to get more liquid in when I make my lemon ginger spicy water, uh, yes. which I did mention when we talked about this habit way back in the day. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes if anybody wants that recipe. It just allows you to have something that's like tasty and it feels a bit like a treat, maybe kind of like a cocktail. And it's not just plain mm -hmm. water. So that's one of the things that can be helpful for me to get more liquid in my body. I'm really glad that you updated us about your urine. <laughs> You're welcome. 10 out of 10 are really relieved to know. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think one of the key strategies that we use for drinking water was the strategy of pairing, if I remember correctly, and that was combining one already kind of locked in habit with a new desired habit. So for me, uh, the way I make that one work for me is I bring a bottle of water into the shower with me in the morning to drink. Then I bring another one for the drive to work. So those are two things that I know I will be doing regardless is taking a shower and driving to work. So I pair the habit of drinking water, which works out really well. Now I do need to tie in some afternoon habits, which I, for drinking water, which I don't seem to have locked down. So maybe the drive home would be a good natural fit. Oh, uh, see, you're hardcore about that one, Jenny. I love it. Yeah, it works out. And I'm not, I'm not perfect at it. I mean, there's days that I get in the shower and I forget it or, or whatever, but for the most part, those ones are kind of have, have become pretty automatic. Great. Okay, cool. In August, we did mindfulness meditation. We challenged ourselves and you to bring the habit of mindfulness meditation into your life for 10 minutes a day. We used an app, and there are a ton of them out there. We mentioned meditation, timer, calm, and headspace. Headspace is my favorite. Mm -hmm. How did you go with this one? <laughs> it, was, it was good. Um, and it's, there's so many amazing benefits, and I know this. Um, and I was on a really good streak. I want to say six to seven months and then things, a bunch of my habits at once kind of fell down and this was one of them. And I've been getting kind of back into this one because it makes such a big difference in your life and I'll find I'll stop doing it. And then I'm suddenly like noticing things in my life that are more difficult. And it's like, oh yeah, cause I need to get doing that. So I need to, I need to get this one back in. And I really like the calm app. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. I, uh, this one I didn't keep up with. I do know that when I meditate on the regular, everything is better. I feel calmer and clearer and everything just works better. So even with this knowledge, for whatever reason, I only do this occasionally, I go through spurts again. So yeah. I do know that if I am feeling particularly overwhelmed, I will try and bring it in as a tool to help me calm down and bring me back into balance. So I do use it that way. And I know that it's a tool that I can go to for that. So yeah. revisiting these habits in this podcast today about what we did last year, it makes me realize that this is one for me that I should bring back into my world on the regular. Cause I do feel like, yeah. like in terms of what I get cost benefit wise, like this one is going to yeah. be low cost for lots of benefit. And this meditation habit, I mean, I had gotten into the habit of doing it, laying down in my bed in the morning. Like I would grab my phone and do a meditation as soon as I woke up. And this is where things went sideways for me. I have to get up and sit because a lot of times these failed meditations were turning into really successful naps. <laughs> 
Well, that's okay too, but probably not when you want to get up and get going. Yeah, pretty much. All right. In September, we did movement. We challenged ourselves to commit to an exercise regimen or just making movement a regular part of our regular routine. So I mentioned my struggles with this one a couple of episodes ago when I was talking about my learn, when Jenny and I do our episode, or our segment called uh, You Win or You Learn. So I fight hard for this one and I will always keep coming back to it. It's the one that isn't quite locked in that if it falls off, I do get back after it quickly. And I feel better in every way when I exercise on the regular. Everything's cle- clearer and it's more like I'm more awake when I'm exercising regularly. So I do know that, as with many of these habits, accountability is huge for me. And when I've got John on track with this one and we exercise together, then it's much more likely to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking of accountability and having sort of a partner, uh, my sister, who is also named Jenny, and I have a plan to train for a half marathon trail race in September of this year. And um, in the past with exercise, when I've done big races, like when I did my big triathlons or my marathons, I always felt accountable to the goal, so I never missed the training. So there's something in the having a goal like that that's helpful for me to get going to. So I'm looking forward to this summer training for this race in, in September because it'll keep mm-hmm. me more on track. Uh, and I'll be accountable to both the goal, but also to my sister who wants to do this as well. Well, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you do with the exercise? Uh, it. I mean, the uh, irony is that when we did this one, I was not, I didn't, it wasn't a very successful daily one for me. I had a really hard time with it um, because in general, exercise is a challenge for me. Um, But ironically, a couple months later, maybe out of stubbornness, I then picked it up and it became a daily habit. And I, I had it, I had it locked in for about doing a half an hour. I think it was 20 minutes or a half an hour on the treadmill every day. And like without fail of walking. Uh, And then, and then it got nicer out and (laughs) that habit fell off. I think it was a good thing for me while the weather wasn't good. And I think I kind of came at it from more of a mental health angle uh, than a physical health angle of why I wanted to do it. Um, But yeah, I haven't kept it up. And frankly, physical activity is just one that's tougher for me. And I know this. Well, we talked for you about um, the seasons of exercise or habits in general, and that next year when it gets dark again and you're inside more again, you might pick it up again. So it'll be be interesting to see if that happens. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. All right. In October, we did food. So food was the focus, and we used the app MyFitnessPal to track our eating, to make us more aware of our eating habits and make better choices. Also, we interviewed and chatted with Tommy Caldwell about his book, Heavy Brain. So uh, for me, generally speaking, I'd say this one isn't one I worry too much about and I feel pretty comfortable where my habits are around food and drink. I'd say that there's certain times of the year that are definitely more celebratory and because John (laughs) and I host a lot of people in the party barn, uh, we occasionally overindulge in food and drink. But I think back to James Clear's Don't Miss Twice. He Mm -hmm. talks about a habit where like if you fall off, I apply it here. So if we have like a particularly fun time with lots of treats, Uh, then we're intentional about getting back to cleaner and healthier. So I I would say that overall, I have a pretty good 80-20 lifestyle in this area that I'm happy with. Yeah, I really liked uh, hearing from Tommy. And that was great when he was on the podcast. I got some good takeaways from him. And I really liked reading his book. 
Um, and I think he had a lot of parallels to one of my online pretend best friends, Brooke Castillo, and the way that she looks at weight and eating habits. I know that her approach really resonated with me back um, when I was kind of going through my uh, weight loss. So um, I think I could probably benefit from taking another listen to these episodes now. So maybe I'll check them out again. Okay, sounds good. Uh, in November, we were, looked at the habit of relationships and we read the book called The Five Love Languages. So this was a fun one. We went through the Five Languages book, Five Love Languages yeah. book, and we made each of the five weeks a different love language to focus on based on that book. So I really liked this one because it reminded me to intentionally check in and reconnect with not only John, but with all of my important people. So this challenge was a good reminder that good relationships need nurturing and are not typically just fantastic with no effort. It was also pretty cool to try each of the love languages, even though they weren't all something that came easily to me. But I do yeah. know that some people in my life, those are their languages, and it was pretty neat to see what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the big takeaway was really understanding that everyone has a different way of expressing and receiving love and learning how to tailor your approach with different people. I think that's a, a common thing with me is I just always assume everybody thinks the same way that I do. Uh, so I think that this was a really cool one. And I like that we were able to kind of try each one out over those weeks. That was cool. That was cool. All right. Mm -hmm. In December, we did the digital detox. So this one was a tough one, but powerful in so many ways. We are so reliant on technology in 2019, and there's so much good in it that makes our lives great. But that said, when we dug into the research and we realized the negative effects that it is having on so many of our brains and our health, it was rather sobering. So yeah. we, did, we did the 24-hour detox, the app cleanup, and we made efforts to keep the phone out of the bedroom at night. So that was six months ago. And for me, I'd say that the phone is in the kitchen at night 98% of the time now. So nice. every once in a while, for whatever reason, I still get my soother and I just want to scroll and look at it. So that's, that's how I, I refer to it as my soother. But for the mm -hmm. most part, it's in the kitchen. So not only is my brain happier and calmer, but as a result, I'm reading way more book books. And yes. the coolest part about this is I didn't realize how much time I was wasting on the phone scrolling at night. One of my 19 for 2019 is to read at least two books per month. So we are now at the beginning of June and I've already read 20 books. Holy smokes. So uh, I'm on track plus some and I'd say it's mostly because the phone is not right beside my bed. So uh, I'm very happy about, uh, about this, uh, wow. taking that from that habit. Well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, this was one of my favorites, definitely. And my ultimate favorite moment of this month that we did this was the 24 hour break where we completely switched off our phones. It made me so twitchy for the first half and then so calm for the second half. And it really made me want to take make this more of a regular practice. And I think in my idealized best life, I would do that once a week and for sure during vacations. And I think, I think we picked up some good habits along the way too, in terms of adjusting notifications, things that we could do with our devices. To so that they're not constantly that. like yelling at us all the time and taking up space in our brains. Yeah. I think we'll man. revisit some of this as we come into our next year in this podcast, because this one really yeah. is so powerful for everybody in 2019 and moving into the next year as well. So yeah. um, I think there's more to be explored here. I agree. All right. In January, we, because it was January, it was the beginning of a new year. We wanted to look at our routines and our sleep. So with routines, 
my routine in general is different every day. So sometimes routines are hard, but when it comes to sleep, I've got it locked in. So I am, you really do. <laughs> I am an excellent sleeper and my schedule allows me to get eight to nine hours of sleep every night without fail on the weekends, on the weekdays, doesn't matter. I love to sleep and I can, and I do. So I'm glad. But this one segues nicely from the digital detox because I have noticed that I do actually sleep deeper and better when I don't look at screens for the 60 to 90 minutes before bed. So I'm just reading my book book instead of looking at a screen. Yep. Definitely helps you relax. That's for sure. And I think for me, this one, it was easy, uh, easier because our life is pretty routine because we both work somewhat regular hours during the day. So our life kind of naturally can settle into a certain uh, pattern because we start work at the same time, all of those things. So um, it did make me realize, though, that I was getting less sleep than I thought I was. Um, definitely not your eight to nine hours. Um, but I did make an effort to get an extra hour, which I ultimately decided I don't really care about. My present schedule seems to be getting me the sleep that makes me, I I feel like I'm able to function. I'm happy with it. I get about, I would say seven ish hours a night, which I think is reasonable, manageable. Um, maybe, uh, I don't know. And I like, really, I fall asleep very quickly and I stay asleep. Like it takes a lot to wake me up. So maybe even though I'm not sleeping as long, maybe I make up for it in depth. All right. I'll buy that. I like it. Yeah. Do you want to talk about February? Sure. In February, we did gratitude and I loved this one. Me so too. I had dabbled with gratitude journals in the past, but I jumped right back in when we did this challenge in February and I haven't missed since. It really does help bring me into the present and I feel gratitude for all of the fantastic things in my life, even when things are hectic or hard. I think that when you can focus where you are instead of in the past or in the future, then uh, it's very helpful. So I loved, loved, loved this one. And I'm I, this is one I've stuck with for sure. Yeah. And this one is one that I have kept with no breaks for the longest. And it's my ultimate habit that I think really kind of underpins the rest. And I think it is, for me, the aesthetics of the five-minute journal um, that make me excited to use it every day. And I'm on such a huge streak that I don't want to break it. And I don't do a lot of handwriting, and I love uh, writing in my five-minute journal. I really recommend it. I think the fact that it's a little bit pricey also makes me stick with it. Um, And so even though I'm a little resentful of what it costs, I think that that's what makes me keep it up because I don't want to ruin my streak and all of these beautiful journals that I've got on this kind of track. But it's definitely baked right into my day now as soon as I wake up and uh, when it's bedtime. I really like this one. They're so pretty. So pretty. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And you don't have, by the way, just to reiterate, you don't have to get the five-minute journal. I just bought a journal at HomeSense or Winners and and then just wrote it by hand in there as well. So uh, you don't have to have the fancy journal, even though there probably is some advantage to it. It seems as though you have some accountability to what you paid for that journal that helps you to keep up with it. So that's kind of cool. It's real satisfying to see the stack of them that I've finished. I think I'm on my seventh now. Yeah, that's cool. All right. In March... We did the men's game. And if you're not familiar with the men's game, we talked about this a lot. Uh, There's a blog about it on my website that I will um, link to in the show notes. It's basically on day one of the month, you get rid of one thing. On day two of the month, you get rid of two Mm -hmm. things. On day three, three, and so on through the whole month. If you keep up with it for 31 days, it's, what's the number, 496 things? Yeah, something like that. So 
I loved this one, especially yeah. because it coincided perfectly with the release of our online pretend best friend Gretchen Rubin's book, Outer Order, Inner Calm. Uh, and it really is true for me that when I take control of my environment and get it more organized and orderly, I do feel calmer and I feel like I'm able to take on the world in a better, different way. So there's something so satisfying and therapeutic about clearing out stuff that you don't need or use. And yes, I, I know that you, this is just like your superhero power. So oh, I love it. Tell me how you felt about March. Whatever the opposite of a hoarder is, I got that problem. Um, <laughs> I love a good men's game. And I think this was my third time doing the men's game. And I'm always shocked with how much stuff there is to get rid of, even if you don't think so, even if you think that you've done a huge declutter. This game will make you start to look at everything in your house a little bit differently and really evaluate if you need it, love it. It's awesome. So it's a great thing to do, I would say, once a year. And it makes you take that good, hard look that you need. And um, I find it easier because I just get rid of a lot of my kids' stuff. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Keep the kid, get rid of the stuff. Yeah, and he doesn't notice. <laughs> well, that's and perfect. he was getting in on it too, which was fun. Oh, he comes by it honestly. I love it. Yeah, it was great. All right, in April, because it was tax time, we focused on finances. So for me, I do check my banking almost every day, and I'm very aware about what's going in and out of the, the bank accounts. But that said, uh, part of our challenge for that month was to use the, the app Mint and use it to kind of take a look at and, and track things. So I've been less consistent with using Mint. I don't know why I keep resisting it, but I really do feel like this is something that would be good for me to to go back to because of the tracking and all of the really great data that you can get out of it, which I think is valuable. Yeah. And I think that in general, our finances would be smoother if I did. So I definitely am going to revisit this one and keep coming back to it. So mm -hmm. this one and exercise are the two that I will keep fighting for, for sure. Yeah. I really, I, I like tracking spending in mint and I've been using it for quite a while get in, get my, all my transactions in there, but I can't believe I've never used a budget before that just, I don't know. That just seems weird to me that I'd never done that. But um, I've kept this one up and now I can't imagine not using a budget. And it's easy to just kind of set it in Mint as well. It does the work for you. Um, and it and this is not one that I've been perfect. I've gone over in categories. Generally, it's food related that I go over in. But it's felt really good to have guidelines. And it's been a total permission slip as well for some household work that we've had done that I would have usually felt very guilty about. But because they were budgeted for, it felt like a permission slip. Amazing. Cool. And yeah. we are going to see that fireplace when we do our, um, our cheesecake in a little while. Oh, yeah. 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 So we're going to be celebrating and we're going to see your new fireplace and mantle. We'll have a fireside chat. Oh, I love a fireside chat. <laughs> All right. Uh, in May, we did the no complaint challenge and this was our last challenge. Uh, and we undertook Will Bowen's 21 day no complaint challenge. And it was an eye opener. We wore a bracelet on our wrist uh, that we would move every time we spoke a complaint or gossip or criticism in order to make us more aware of our complaining. And then we this helped us to try and curb this nasty habit. So I liked the increase of awareness of potential negativity that was coming out of my mouth. That's the thing that I liked a lot about this challenge. But this one wasn't hugely challenging for me, maybe. I think it's because I've been consciously really practicing keeping negativity out of my vocabulary for a long time. But also maybe because this is not something I'm super interested in, but that could be the same thing. So it could mm -hmm. just be that because this is something that doesn't feel like it's super hard that 
I wasn't as interested. But I know yeah. for a lot of people, this was something that was uh, kind of an eye opener in terms of, oh, like, yeah, I never realized how much I complain or yeah. even how, uh, how much other p- people complain. What, what yeah. were your thoughts on it? I'm, I'm, and I mean, I said it on here, I did not think that this one was going to be hard. And I, I don't know. And it, it was one of the hardest ones. And I thought to myself, no wonder it takes most people up to eight months to get a stretch of 21 days without complaining. But I think it's super valuable too, as an awareness exercise. But I also think we both kind of learned that we like complaining and are entertained by it. I always thought that, I thought I was annoyed with other people's complaining because I thought I was so positive. And then I realized that first day, suddenly you realize all you hear is complaining. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, a, it, was, it was more than I gave it credit for. Sure. Well, and I think that both of us really tuned into the fact that a lot of times people will consider sarcasm to be negative or something that is cutting or negative or hurtful or something. So mm-hmm. because we speak that language and we like it, that's maybe the thing <laughs> that we, we don't want to give up. Yeah. All yeah. Right. yeah. Anyway, so that was the, those were our challenges. So we want to know uh, which challenges you liked the most and what you got out of it. So hit us up on our Facebook group or send an email to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag that improvement project. I'm just going to throw a wrench here, Peggy. Just quick hit. What are your top three? If you had to pick your top three of the year that you would keep. That I would keep? Yes. That if you could lock those in forever, those are your top three. Oh, so... This is a hard one because... Think on your feet. Think on your feet. Okay, well, if I just had to have three that are locked in, it's exercise, finances, and gratitude. Ooh, nice. And I just it just came out of my brain. I didn't think about it enough to understand why. I I know it's because I feel like the gratitude's valuable. The exercise and the finances, I feel like, will move the needle in terms of my success. Yeah. Especially in the next year, maybe. Yeah. I also like the meditation one. I don't know if I can put it in the top three. See, I can't think about it too much. What are your top three? Digital detox for sure. Okay. Meditation and gratitude. Those would be my top three. So the interesting thing is those ones are more high level that will lead to the other ones. So that is a really good answer. I want to go back in time and say what you said. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. Yeah. Okay. That was good. Okay. So now we're going to talk about our favorite thing. What are you digging lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we've found. And we feel like you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So mine is related to our 19 for 2019. One of mine was to get more plants going in my house, get a little greenery. And so I am going to share with you today my favorite house plant because I just bought another one yesterday. Oh, I feel really excited about this digging. Tell me, tell me everything. Well, I'm glad you're excited about a plant because I feel like a bit of an old lady saying this, (laughs) but its name is Janet. Oh, Janet. Fun fact, its name is Janet. Janet. So, <laughs> which that is a reference to the good, the place. good place, the good place. Um, so this plant's name is Dracaena compacta and it's commonly called the Janet Craig Dracaena compacta. And it's a little plant 
and it has nice kind of uh, shiny green leaves that come to a point. They're like wider and then come to a point. There's a whole bunch of them. And it's so easy to take care of. I have one in particular of these that I've had for eight years now, and it's doing great. It looks awesome. And in total, I have eight of these at my house. And they're just little. They're kind of all around the house. And it's one of those things that I'm sure people who are over here, you'll like notice and go, oh, yeah, you have one kind of plant pretty much. Um, but I can keep them alive. So they're yeah. just the ones that have survived. And I, I think that I've bought most of them at Ikea where they are $3.99 each. And they almost look fake. I have a lot of people ask me because I have one on my desk as well. If it's fake, it's not fake. It's real. It's a real plant, and I even water it once in a while. <laughs> You'll have to take a photo and send it to me, and I'll put it in the show notes so everybody can see what your Janet looks like. It's a little cutie patootie, and I've got a couple in a little thing on my wall uh, in the office here. And they're they're little puddings. They're so cute, and you should definitely check them out. If you're not good at taking care of plants, much like me. All right, sounds good. Uh, well, this week I'm digging a book. Uh, as I said, I've been reading like mad. And um, my, the most recent book uh, I'm reading was recommended through Gretchen and Liz because they are doing kind of like a book club through the Happier podcast. And this was the second one that they recommended. And it's called Small Fry by Lisa Brennan Jobs. Yeah. So Lisa Brennan Jobs book. is the eldest daughter of Steve Jobs. And this book is a memoir of her life, and um, she had a contentious relationship with him, I think, through, through her, her whole life until he died, but her childhood was especially difficult, and it's mm. a pretty fascinating look into uh, how complicated this man was and her relationship with him. It, you know, we always sort of think of him as this genius of Apple and I think everybody kind of knew he was difficult but I think it would be especially difficult to have him as your dad so the book is beautifully written and um and she does it in a way that is it, it shows the pain of her childhood but it's I would say not disrespectful to her family or to Steve Jobs it was just like here's the facts of what happened yeah. and how they made me feel so um I recommend it it's a getter cool right on well that's great so I mean We've kind of, we've ran through all of it. So let's talk about next week. Okay. We're going to turn it. the tables. That's so right. all this week, we told you what we thought, but next week we want to hear from you. This is your chance. We want you to send us an email, a voice memo, a tweet, a message on Instagram, carrier pigeon, whatever you can do to get us a message to tell us what habit you've undertaken in the last six months that's made you a better human. So we've given you the ones that we think work great for us, what hasn't worked well for us, but we want to hear from you what has made you a better human in terms of habits in the last six months. So please, even if you're on the fence thinking about it, do it, do it, do it. We would love, love, love to hear from you. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And we hope that we hope that we do. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. We would love to hear what you got out of listening to us discuss the last year of us doing habit challenges. So let us know. Get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse. And I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You will find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. And if you like the show, and we really hope that you do, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us 
wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. We would love it so much if you would rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help more people find the show. And we also have a Facebook group, so search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now, go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. We can't believe you've been listening for a whole year. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. I'll have to send you a picture of Ethan uh, laying down on third base at his baseball game. I was like, yeah, I get that. I fully, fully get that. I didn't even want to tell him to get up because I was like, I understand you. I don't care either. He's tired by the time he got to third base or he's just like, I don't care about this game. He was playing third base. (laughs) 